I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? It's going so good. So good. Not joining us as always is listener Ruthie. Welcome, Ruthie. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We're so happy to have you here. And today, all three of us are going to be talking about Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. And later, we're going to get to know Ruthie a little better. But first, Mom, Ruthie, what have you been reading and watching? Ruthie, it doesn't have to be within the past week. It can just be general. I actually thought about this because, you know. (laughs) Because I ask this every single time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) guess. I said, I better know what I've been reading and watching. Yes. It's important. Listen, you're more prepared than mom ever is then already. I have to sit and think, what did I do this week? (laughs) And yet she knows that it's coming every week. (laughs) Every week. So you think she prepared. Same with that sweetest moment. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, last night I just finished a movie that was one of those kind of why did I finish this movie? Love, love um, and the, you know, everything is different over here in Turkey. Like we have a different release. And so everyone's usually talking about a show or a movie. And then I'm like, can I find it? I don't know. Yeah. But I watched this Ben Affleck, uh, Ben Affleck, uh, Deep Water. Oh yeah. How was that? Is it, is it released as a movie in the Yes. US? Like in theaters or is it, or do we even know? Uh, I never know anymore. I think it came out in theaters and then probably like consecutive video on demand. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. They were, they were, there know. were a lot of trailers all over and we watched it. My husband and I really like to watch thrillers and, you know, like psychological thrillers. So that's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. But not good. Not I, don't good. I don't really recommend it. They were trying to do something. They were trying to be an erotic thriller. So we all oh, know. it's the one with um him and the girl from like Knives Out, huh? Yeah, that's what I Googled afterwards. Like, who is yeah. she? And they said that. The uh, Anna de Armas. Um she's in the 007 movie, right? Yes, she is. Yeah, she's been okay. In- yeah. And then I also I always like to watch like what do you call them? You guys are the pros, docudrama mm-hmm. or like tinder swindler type oh, stuff uh-huh, uh-huh. i watched that and then i my my family and i were watching the worst roommate ever oh so we need to check that one out because that's very much up yeah, our alley ellen um, and i haven't been in the same room at the same time very much lately yeah. so it's hard for us to all these things that i see i think oh i need to wait and watch that with ellen and then and then, then I'm never available. Me. Yeah, yeah. You have your list. You have your we can watch together and then you have the wait for <laughs> yeah yeah Yes. Um, yeah. So that's kind of it. I, I tend to be, I got burned like in 1990 with quantum leap getting canceled before I wanted it to. And so I'm, well, wow, you really hold a grudge, Ruthie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Was it quantum leap? But 
you know, like I, um, I just got out of watching, um, TV shows. And of course it's great now that we have Netflix and we know that it's all there, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times I'll watch like one or two. And if the whole family isn't into it, we, so I tend to go for movies. Yeah. I, I, um, I definitely, I think gravitate more towards TV these days, just because here's, here's what I do, which makes absolutely no sense is I sit down and I'm like, all I have in me is, you know, like a half hour, hour. I don't have time. Like I don't have the attention span for a two hour movie. And then I sit down and watch like three hours of <laughs> a TV show. Binge three episodes. And so I'm like, episodes. how does that make sense? Like, how do I, I don't know. There's something psychological about it for me where it's like, well, know. it's a good th- series though. You watch it and then it like makes you want to watch yeah. more of it. So yeah, exactly. Um, what have you been watching without me this week? Not just a lot of murder shows. Yeah. You've been watching a lot of murder shows. I would, without you, um, have been watching my K-drama still business proposal. It's still, uh, it's getting really good and like, it's doing a reverse fake dating because they were fake dating for his sake and now they're fake dating for her sake. And so it's going to be be good i'm excited um, i'm try one of those because you have really talked it up is it on netflix usually yeah this, this one, one is. is on netflix um there's a lot of them that are on netflix and there's a lot of really good ones like so the one that um is kind of quintessential for a lot of people right now is crash landing on you and um that one's on netflix i mean i don't know what the I know they have different catalogs in different countries. But... Yeah, they do. And it's really confusing because sometimes we'll put on a VPN. Yeah. And we get like too. different choices, but then it sometimes it, it's never quite right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that they're like, cause I got a VPN so I could do that. I don't know if I'm allowed <laughs> to say that, but you were like, uh, what's on in Turkey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should check that out, honestly. Um, but uh, they are definitely starting to like crack down on it because they make it harder to get onto Netflix. Like when you're using a VPN, they're they're catching wise. Yeah, yeah. Actually, when we lived in Dubai, we had one, and it worked for like a year. And uh-huh. then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Netflix said, "We see that you're using a VPN, and um, oh. you, you know, you should know that not everything is available." So we haven't really used one since. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty fun. I mean, they're honestly, they remind me a lot of Turkish shows. I find yeah. the, the Turkish men, um, there's just like different, um, standards of, I don't know. There's just like different cultures find different things attractive. Um, Korean guys are very like pretty and, um, kind of like K-poppy looking like that's the kind of guys that they're into um which I feel like maybe when I was younger I would have been into that more but I'm I'm a woman are you a w capital w <laughs> and so I like the kind of more like manly Turkish men that um are on the Turkish shows but they're very similar kind of like content wise and trope wise and sense of humor wise and they're kind like of bonkers that. and kind of yeah silly yeah. and kind of like madcap romance. Maybe more campy. Is that the right? Yeah, they're definitely more campy. And the thing that I like about both Turkish and Korean is that they just go for the fact that it's a freaking romance. You know, like I feel like with a lot of American shows, they have to like cloak romance in, you know, espionage spy thrillers and, you know, all sorts of crazy plot lines. But 
Koreans and um, Turkish people are just like, no, straight up, this is straight up just a romance with maybe yeah. some like workplace conflict, but <laughs> it's, you know, and I'm like, and we are here, here for, it. yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also for me, I've been listening and I'm almost done with it actually to The Taming of a Highlander, which is the second book to the book that we read last week. How are you liking it? Yeah, and that's the story of the brother that was yes, hurt in, in the in prison. In the prison, yeah. And he is with um uh, what was John's English's oh, sister. He's, he's with English's sister. His youngest sister. Okay. Yeah, who like wants to write be a playwright. And, and her name's Kate or something. Yes, right? it is Kate. Um, and so I it's <laughs> well I'm well, usually not very good she's pretty spotty <laughs> um but it's it's cute it's fun it's definitely um how do you like it compared to the other one I'm liking it about the, I, I think the first one is definitely like more fun um but this one is kind of ramping up kind of like the same thing we liked about the first one where it's like they get together and then solve a crime together I mean it's kind of gearing up to be very similar in that they're together and because they're they're looking for the guy that shreve guy or no the lockhart guy who oh yeah like kind of pulled pulled the fast one on him and put him in jail and like you learn more about like why he why because he doesn't even know that he knows him huh yeah so anyway um i'm enjoying that and you know it's got the scottish accents which is fun to listen to um so yeah you have a long commute then is that where you do the um I don't have, it's not the minutes. longest, but it's long enough to, and then a lot of times I'll like lay in bed and play games on my phone and listen, listen to my book. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's like my wind down. And then anyway, um, have you read anything lately that like knocked your socks off? Um, oh gosh. I just thought about watching. I forgot about books. Yeah. Um, remember, I don't know if you guys remember only a zillion books in your head, but for one of the free for alls, I did this author, Jamie Bennett. And the, the book that I talked about that time, it wasn't actually my favorite of her. So I didn't like, it wasn't super exciting, but she has so many books and she released another one. And the thing is, they do start to blend together the themes and everything, but there's, I really like her when, and she's on Kindle Unlimited. So whenever something comes out, I'm always just like, I always read it in a day and I always enjoy it. Um, she's just got a style. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could say predictable, but I don't mind. You know, she always- <laughs> They're has, all a little predictable, um, right? Really good characters. Yeah. And, and there's always a really developed like backstory and family life. And then the romance is always- excellent so um I read that and I can't think of the name of it so but I still I really like her maybe one day I'll have to recommend one and see if we can vote it in there yeah, yeah that'd be good um we we've talked about it before but I feel like especially when you read a lot of one author back to back like they all start to kind of you start to pick up on the author's yeah. ticks and like they start to blend together a little bit more I a lot of times I have to take a break. Like I'll read two or three books and I'm like, okay, I need to read someone else for a bit before I go back to this. Yeah. Yeah. Unless uh, it's Kerrigan Heron and then I just read them all. Oh, I do love her so books. I, I need to, I was looking, cause I was trying to figure out. I just out got a new one come up on my Kindle of that 
um, mystery series. That yeah, she's which writing. I know you like. I saw it, but it's worthless wager or something. She's wearing a blue dress. It yeah, keeps popping up on it my just, Kindle. Yeah, pop, well, I had pre-bought it after I read the first one. I knew I'd want to read the second one, so I pre-bought it, and so it's just popped up on my Kindle. So I got that huh. to read. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'll be curious how it is. That's one. Yeah, maybe you'll have to read it. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure. About Let it. Ruthie know. Um, yeah, I love her. She's so good. Um, okay, we ready to talk about this book? Yep, I'm on it. Okay. Today, we are going to be talking about Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. It is a standalone book that came out in 2014. Ruthie, is it tied to any other books? Because it seems like there's a lot of people in that book that could. I know. And while I was reading it this time, I said, well, they should have a book and they should have a book. Well, and they Ian should, should have, have a book. book and Corbin should have a book and they should I, all. Exactly. Oh, you've got that. You are ready with the name. <laughs> I, I don't think so. There might be another, um, well, really like good I said, Colleen Hoover fan who will tell us, but I don't think that there. Yeah. I searched like Corbin, Colleen Hoover, and it just came up with this book. And so, um, yeah, I was like, mm, okay. I guess she likes to like work against the usual romance reader. She's got all these good looking young guys that are pilots, that which I have a thing or two to, say, to speak about. <laughs> I was like, they have got to be eating this up. Bro- brother's best friend, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, that, yeah, that's definitely. definitely there. Pilot connection. You guys know. Yeah. Yep. But I got some things to say about her and her pilots. Uh, okay. <laughs> Mom's, you know got thoughts um okay so here's the back cover description for ugly love when tate collins meets airline pilot miles archer she knows it isn't love at first sight they wouldn't even go as so far as to consider themselves friends the only thing tate and miles have in common is an undeniable mutual attraction once their desires are out in the open they realize they have the perfect setup he doesn't want love she doesn't have time for love so that just leaves the sex their arrangement could be surprisingly seamless as long as Tate can stick to the one to the only two rules Miles has for her. Never ask about the past. Don't expect a future. They think they can handle it, but realize almost immediately they can't handle it at all. Hearts get infiltrated. Promises get broken. Rules get shattered. Love gets ugly. That's a good back cover discovery. That is it's like vague enough. Yeah, I hadn't read it. So now I want to read that book. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. Um, Mom, Ruthie, what did you think of Ugly Love? Ask Ruthie first. Okay, Ruthie, let's hear from you. You did that to me, didn't you? I don't don't like to step on people's toes when we have visitors on the show. So So it's my second time reading the book. I read it the first time back in 2016, I think. And it may not have been my first Colleen Hoover, but it was maybe my second. I even wasn't sure if it had been my first one. And at the time, I absolutely loved it. And I had, I just kept going with Colleen Hoover. And reading it again, 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. six years later, um, I, I still really, really loved it. Really loved it. But I have other things to say, of course. There so. you go. Yep. That's how I feel. Okay. Cause here's my, here was my thing. Cause I'm going to give it a love. I loved reading the book. Um, but there's things in it that usually really bother me. And, um, I couldn't tell if they were bothering me or not when I was reading this. And we'll talk about it more when we get into it more, but, 
Um, so it was hard for me to decide, did I love this book or did I not love this book? <laughs> and, um, but anyway, I'll expand on all of that when, as we, well, and it's not always the most enjoyable read, right? Like, no, it's, it's, it's got some tough parts to get through, but it's, um, but it's really well-written and I, it was a compelling story. I couldn't, like, I had a hard time putting it down because I wanted to keep reading to see what happened with, you know, Rachel, Rachel. and, um, cause I mean, you obviously go into this pretty early on knowing something really bad is going to happen. And it does. <laughs> I guess I would hate to say that you are, you're, you're not, you, you want the bad thing to cover the way he's acting. Yeah. You're expecting. Yeah. And it's a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. And of course, you know, it's the beginning of the podcast. It's a big spoiler. Um, and so that does push you through and then their attraction pushes you through. But then the other part is kind of like, uh, no girl, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's, that's where we get into, as we get into talking about characters and stuff. And there, so there's things that happen that I was like, you know, normally when this happens in a book, this would really, really bug me. And it didn't make me want to stop reading or didn't, it wasn't off-putting to me, it, but there's just things in it that made me think, wow, am I okay loving this book, even though this is going on? Well, we so. have that happen a lot where it's like, we love a book and yet we can still be like, okay, but that is generally not like, it's got terrible communication. Like that's <laughs> happened to us before where it's like, we love a book, but it's like, we can recognize like they shut off their phone or whatever, right. you know, ridiculous thing that they end up doing. Well, and so, so this does have some bad communication in it, but yeah, but it's for reason. I mean, there's a reason behind it. So then it doesn't, I don't know, like it didn't bother me as much as it would bother me in another book because it's explained why they weren't communicating. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. And I guess it depends on your trust for the author. So even though, and of course you have a a podcast to read it for yeah. but it depends I mean only sometimes it will I just say no I, I'm not going to go through with it but Colleen Hoover has a way of she just pulls you yeah. you're like yeah. I don't like this but I have to know why I don't like this right I have to keep going and so that's good writing yeah yeah as well yeah yeah it like I said it was a very compelling story and I had a hard time putting it down I was up till three in the morning finishing it last night and um, yeah, I, I really liked it, but there's so many things in it that normally would bug me and they, yeah, I don't know if they didn't bug me as much or what the deal was, but, <laughs> but I think I loved it in the end. So, okay. So my experience, yeah. Tell me, what did you think of the book? Ellen? <laughs> okay. You guys cards on the table. This is a great episode to have Ruthie on because mom can't be talking to a brick wall, um, because oh, I'm used to it. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but because I did not finish this book, I barely started it. I'm at 20% of, of, of the way through the book. Um, I had to go on a camp out with some kids that I work with at church and in the had, snow and miserable weather. Yeah. In the snow and miserable weather. So it wasn't even like I could get cozy and, you know, read in my tent or something. We had family come in from out of town. Yeah, we had family come in. So it was, it just, uh, crazy weekend was not the best weekend for me to have to read a 
book on top of school and all that normal stuff that I complain about. So I am here to moderate a very lively discussion. Facilitate our discussion on <laughs> between Ruthie and mom. <laughs> That's my, my role here today. Um, okay. So let's dive into it. So I do have some opinions on like general introductions of people and things like that, but, um, I will, for the most part, remain neutral on this book. Um, Switzerland. I'm Switzerland on this book. Uh, okay. So what do we think of Tate as our heroine? So. I'll just jump in there. (laughs) First of all, like in the opening, which Ellen, you you probably read this part. I I loved that she, the way she was presented from the beginning. I love how uh, we get to see her empathy for people, you know, right away. Is it Cap? He's the guy who's uh, hanging out in the hotel. Um, We she she's uh, wants to feed people that she sees on the street and also she's not only getting her um she's not only working as an rn but she's getting her master's and so you just see that and she's always going to study and just the way that she's presented has got all of the makings of you know somebody that i would probably want to be friends if they weren't you know obsessed with a guy all the time (laughs) um But I, I liked all of that about her, everything that made her uh, who she was. And then is it a separate issue how she interacts with with Miles? Yeah, you can My, get into I mean, that. That part sometimes I'm just like, if that was my friend, I would just like want to shake her a little bit. I'm like, guy, yeah, the guy, I love your passion and I understand why you don't want to say no, but your inner dialogue is like making me want to shake you. Well, and this is where we get into parts where I'm like, usually this would really bug me in a book. She's kind of lets him walk all over her. I mean, like she never says anything. I get that she's kind of afraid to push him away. I I mean, that's why I'm talking about the communication, you know, is explained. And um, there's a little bit of, I'm not sure even why she thinks he's so great. Yeah, he's good looking and that, but yeah, like she lusts like straight like that was that was I mean even just in what I read it's like um she hates him she's kind of like disgusted by him for being drunk in the hallway and you know being this rapscallion and you know all this sort of stuff and then like next page she's like oh but damn look at that body (laughs) and um body be bang and, and just like lusts after him and then like they go to so I ended around when they were going to Thanksgiving together and she's just like I can't stop thinking about him he's all I think about I'm like damn girl it's like a 180 like big time (laughs) um anyway so yeah and um, I totally bought that I mean I totally the way Colleen Hoover like gave me their chemistry I I didn't have any like questions at the beginning Mm -hmm. because maybe I'm a romance reader and I'm like used to there being unknown obstacles that are keeping us apart. I just didn't like her inner voice where she would just be like, no, no, I'm not going to deal. Like at the points where she was like, I'm done. Or, or she would say, um, yeah, I'm okay with us not taking this further. I'm, you know, that she's telling herself that, and she knows that she's telling herself that. So she's kind of going against what she thinks. Is that making sense? Like, yeah. 
You remember that? Those yeah. Well, she's, she's always telling herself, you know, I need to stop this. I need to end it before it gets out of hand. Cause I know he's going to break my heart and she catches feelings and she and- just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. However, in the end, he even says, thanks for pushing. Thanks, and pushing thanks and pushing. for waiting. Thanks for, you know, being patient with me. And does that, because I actually wrote this down, if this is the time or not, does that rescue our idea of her? Because I guess Colleen Hoover almost made that, that line that he says, when he says, thank you, you saw something in us and you held on. Does that um, save that aspect of her character? Because then you're like, oh, that's what it was. She was ignoring her inner voice because the other inner voice <laughs> knew there was something there worth saving. I could see a lot of people reading that this book and being like, that is a toxic AF situation. Like if you right? were, it's kind of like you said, if she was your friend, you'd be like, girl, like he is not like he's emotionally distant. This is, this is one of those situations where it's like, you're not going to change him or well, save that's what him he keeps or... saying. That's what he keeps telling her is yeah. don't go through this thinking that you're going to change me or that you're going to change my mind or that you're going to save me from something. He says, it's just not well, going to happen. So usually like sane advice would be like, believe him when he says that, like, do you know what I mean? Like believe him if he tells you that. And so, and I guess she kind of, it sounds like that's kind of what she decides to do towards the end. Well, when I was afraid when he does break down and then she's moving out and he, you know, and then she, he just says, okay, goodbye. I was afraid she was going to go running back to him or do something to go back to him. And she really needed to not do then. And she did. I mean, she didn't go back to him. He had to come back to her. So, and so that was good. Um, somewhat redeems it a little bit. Yeah. Cause, um, she had, she'd done enough is, is my thinking on that <laughs> and yeah. more than enough. She'd gone above and beyond and any more, if she had tried any more, I think it would anyway, it, that's what I'm talking about. There's so many things in this book that I keep thinking, normally I would hate this, but in the culmination, when all was said and done, I didn't hate it. So it's interesting because Colleen Hoover actually has another book and this is ugly love has always been one of her tops and i always think of it as one of my favorites but like i said it was six years ago she has another book that really addresses this issue head on which is it ends with us and um that's another interesting read so i don't want to be spoilery (laughs) for that book but well because i do feel like i need to try another one now so yes yeah um yeah so Overall, I liked Tate, but there were times that I, yeah, I wanted to smack her or I wanted to shake her and just say, girl, why are you letting him do this to you? Cause it just, it would, it broke her over and over and over again. I mean, it just really kind of, it hurt her feelings, I should say over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, what do we think of Miles as our hero? Well, he was a broken little puppy. I normally don't like um, these what do you call them? Flashbacks? Yeah. What do you call it when you, you know, you just go out of the book and you go to something? Flashback. I would say this one is a dual timeline. Ah, Cause, that's, cause, yeah. Because we're actually getting, it's not just a flashback. We're getting like a whole other story that happened <laughs> earlier. I told you guys about my early morning 
<laughs> um, yeah, so normally I don't really like dual timeline because I want to just keep moving forward with the story that I'm in. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how I felt the first time I read it. Maybe I was more driven because I had no idea what was going to happen. But I really, it's always weird when you, um, when you see your hero madly in love with somebody else. And I'm like, where is this going to go? Where is this going to go? And so I didn't, even from the, from the second read and I'm reading it and I'm like, how long is this going to go on? I can't remember exactly what happens. And of course that kept me going through, but it also, um, she, Colleen Hoover, I'm just going to say it again and again, she always makes it work. So, but that's typically something that I don't enjoy, but that was really, really important for his character, his character in the current timeline. mm -mm. Well, he's a completely different person. Yeah. He's a completely different person in the second timeline as he was in the first time. And I would say the thing that kept me reading, I was more invested in the Miles and Rachel story than I was in, in the Tate and Miles timeline because there wasn't really much happening in the Tate and Mile. I mean, it really kind of hits a status quo and just is what it is. There were a lot of things happening in the Tate and Miles timeline. It was called S-E-X. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's one of the things I tell an I said, you know, there's just a lot of, and usually if a, I mean, I'm fine with, you know, describing sex in a book, I'm fine with it. But usually when it's like over and over and over and it's described in depth over and over and over again, I get kind of like, okay, all right, I get it. They're having sex. But it this was one- my second time. Yeah. And I, I skimmed some, I did because right. I was trying to get to the culmination, a different kind of, culmination. but with this book, there was so much <laughs> Not as fun of one. Um, emotional change when they would have, when they were having, you know, their sexual encounters, at least the ones that were explained to us. Um, like she was seeing that he was starting to get feelings, but he wasn't letting it happen. And he would, you know, walk he off, look in her eyes, he wouldn't look in her eyes. He'd keep his eyes closed. He would walk off, storm off and slam the bathroom door. I mean, there was just all these things that he would do afterwards. And that's when she would get her feelings hurt with, which she should. I mean, you know, anyway, Any girl is going to be a yeah. little sad about that. So, um, there, so a couple things about miles, first of all, I've got to, you don't have a question about the pilots, do you? No. Okay. Here's my thing on pilots because <laughs> I I'm married to a pilot, an airline pilot, who was once an air force pilot. Who was once an so air force pilot. Have... This guy was an air force pilot. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm saying I don't our know breadth if... of knowledge of pilots in general is is strong. Yes. I don't know, and I I'm not real familiar with the regional airlines. So I, but I really I don't think I've ever seen a 24 year old who's made captain. I don't think that that is a thing that happens like ever. It's not based on how many hours you've flown. It's based on your seniority at the company and then what you want to do. So that was kind of weird, but I, this, I know for sure, there's not a brand new pilot like that, a 24 year pilot who could afford to live in a high rise in San Francisco. Yeah, that I know for sure. <laughs> oh, wait, did they ever explain? No, I mean, they live. I had a random, I had a false memory I thought Cap was his dad, and that was one of the reveals. No, Cap is a just a family I know that worked for their dad. His dad so is whose wealthy. Building though, so. Was it? Was it his dad's building? I don't know. I that, didn't yeah. get that. I didn't understand well, that. You said that Cap works for his dad, right? Or he worked for his dad. I didn't. Okay, if, if it was, it wasn't. That wasn't explained very well. 
because I didn't well, walk and Corbin away. Corbin lives in the same building. Yeah. And Corbin isn't related. No. To him. Yeah. I, I had a false memory. I thought that there was some kind of thing that came out where that was his building and, and Cap worked for so him. He's so he's a secret billionaire. A like they always yeah. are. Well, and this is because it's got a, a rooftop pool, infinity pool and all this. <laughs> yeah. I can, I, like, I can guarantee you in San Francisco, there's no oh, way hell. that a brand new pilot could afford to live in a place like that. Not even a, yeah. Yeah. Like my husband's been a pilot for many, many years and we couldn't afford to live in San Francisco at all. (laughs) Yeah. How close are you guys to San Francisco? We're about an hour and a half, hour and a half, two hours. Depends on the traffic. Beautiful place. Expensive. It is a beautiful, but it's extremely expensive. expensive. Even um, anywhere on that coast, right? Well, my husband actually flew out of um, the San Francisco airport for a while and yeah, there's no way we could have afforded to live there. There's just no way. Um, anyway. So, so both as like Northern Californians and pilots, we have some, uh, uh, some knowledge on that front. Yeah. These guys were young pilots. Yeah. And especially for, did you think of his age? I, I kind of wanted him to be older. I wanted him to be older too. Um, and even her career is path was a little mildly yes both of the, like both of them could have stood is she 23 three and he's 24 right she was 23 it would have been better if they were 28 I and 27 so. i would have i would have believed i would have bought it if they were like 27 and 29 yeah she's trying to sell to because it's kind of new adulty verging and so, maybe she like, needed it for the timeline of the high school romance to have taken a certain amount of time i, I well, don't that know that could have even used a little more time i mean six years because even if you look at like rachel and what she's accomplished you know in, that was fast too yeah so that was fast too it could have it could have been more time yeah i would have liked more time but you know i'm not a it's a cut. You, sometimes with those situations, <laughs> I wonder if there's like a different draft somewhere. Also, he would go were. on trips for nine and 10 days. And my husband's never been on a trip for nine or 10 days. Not for the airlines. I mean, he, he fly. Yeah. He used to be gone a long time with the air force, but with the airlines, I mean, he flies to China and Korea and stuff and he's gone maybe three days. Yeah. Four max. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, sometimes, cause I feel like we read another book too, where, um, you, you kind of wonder if there was a draft where they were older and then they were told to like make them younger or vice versa. Um, and I kind of wonder if that was maybe, maybe a publisher case. said here, we want them younger. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny when you read that stuff, but I'm glad that we all seem to agree because as I'm getting older, sometimes I'm okay. I don't really have a, if the new adult or if the content is worth it, if it's good, I don't mind YA, I don't, whatever. Um, But in this case, their characters just felt like they've been through a lot Mm -hmm. and yeah. 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 I wouldn't have minded a few more years. Yeah. And it would have made his career path a little more believable and hers too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess hers is like possible, but it's a little, 
Uh, I couldn't remember. Did they say she had actually spent time working as an RN? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That, right? That's intense. Yeah. That's yeah. not the career path I did. I was a little slower. Yeah. <laughs> in college. Same. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other final thoughts on Miles before I move on? Um, no, but here's my thing. For the love of Mike, these authors that write about these heroes or heroines that are super broken and then have a breakthrough and, you know, mm-hmm. I really want them in the epilogue to say that they're in therapy and that they're getting the help that they need because this guy, you know, finding the love of his life is not going to fix everything that he's been through. And he really needs to seek some professional help and guidance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish that they, I wish that there was a standard for these authors to just, you know, put that in a, have I'll that be a thing like, in an epilogue. I've read Colleen Hoover books where you, you do see that and, and usually there's even something at the back about how to find help yourself. Yeah. So, um, well, and that yeah. could also be, cause this one was written in 2014 and I would definitely say like the narrative on mental, mental health, health has yeah, changed, shifted something. even in a lot in that time, you know, from then to now, but, and I get, and I'm happy for this guy and the, and the, you know, progress that he's made, but I still wanted him to go and get some advice and help from some kind of a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What, I mean, we've kind of touched on it, but more in depth ladies. Um, what do we think of the Rachel timeline and kind of the shift between the two? Cause they're really two different stories yeah. that seem to merge at the end. But he, like I said, he's a completely different person between story A and story B or story B and story A. <laughs> um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Rachel versus Tate timeline? <clears throat> well, I kind of said I had to get over a feeling of mine, which is okay. Out of the story, back into the story, out of the story, back into the story. Um, she made it work. Um, changing up. It took me a minute. I actually refreshed my Kindle a few times because of the, the way the text was formatted. Oh, like, yeah. Poetry, prose, like, structure. Oh, is this a poem? I love Rachel. Rachel is me. She's <laughs> She's my everything. Um, <laughs> so um, I eventually, of course, just went with it because the story is so fascinating that you're like, I have to see what happens. Um, and they actually did a, a good job with that, that drama. I was there for it with him and Rachel. Yeah. And it, and it makes you as a reader sort of question, can are there going to be two people? Like, am I going to be okay with understanding? And I think here's the thing. I just thought of it. I mean, she's trying to show us love. Right. And this is his love. Here. And different kinds of love. Yeah. Ugly love. And mm-hmm. so we're going to see, and that's a lot of the message I think of the book is, are we, am I going to be okay with my hero watching him fully love her? And she doesn't have any flaws. Usually you're waiting. If there's another person, you have to watch how that, that relationship has flaws so that you can root for the current relationship. So it didn't really, except for their obstacles that they had to overcome. Well, and here's, cause like when I came home and hadn't finished the book, I was like, okay, mom, just tell me what happens. I'm like, I'm assuming Rachel's dead. Right. And my mom and mom's like, no she's not dead I'm like well she has to be dead <laughs> because that's how like romance novels have like you know 
conditioned you conditioned me to, you know, if they've been in love with somebody that strongly, they have to have died, (laughs) which is kind of twisted warning on this book, because that really also shows 2014 versus now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there is. I think someone said something in our, yeah, I think in the group, but, um, Maybe it seems like as someone who had read it the second time, I didn't remember, or I might've even, you know, said that to someone when I read the book, I, yeah, I've been through things and I don't remember feeling, um, horrified that she didn't warn me, but it guts you, it guts anybody, whether you've been through it or not. Yeah. And, um, it, it's definitely when you read it, you're like, how are you standing? Actually, yeah. it doesn't make what you do to somebody acceptable, but you do say, oh my God. Okay. Go lay back down in the bed. I'm okay with that. Do you need some? Yeah. Tea? Okay. <laughs> um, it's definitely not. <clears throat> it definitely makes you accept whatever you see him going through. You accept it after yeah. you get through the whole Rachel thing. The love was real. He was, uh, good to her. He stood up for her. Um, you see that he's a good guy, even in his youth. So I guess that's what she's trying to tell us. He's a good guy. Here's my, okay. So I'm thinking of the things that I had problems with (laughs) or, or what I really liked about it. The, um, I'm not a fan of reading about teenagers having sex. So there's that. That's part of my problem with historical. You hear my cat? That's okay. Well, our, my dog is straight up. Can you hear my dog snoring? Ellen's dog is snoring so right lovely. at our feet. So, okay. <laughs> um, so I'm not a huge fan of that. It's fine. It's just animal feeder as well. <laughs> but, um, and I don't know if you noticed this, but the way it's written in like prose, when his love for Rachel is so strong. And then once he turns all over to Tate and explains everything to Tate and takes in Tate, that it actually changes and her storyline becomes in prose as well. So, okay. I noticed it and I forgot about it. Kudos, <laughs> so I think that, that that's yes. just the way that it shows his that's love. His love, uh, yeah. Language. Love yes. yes. His love that's, font. That's what the margins his do. Love font. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought that was sweet and I, and it kind of showed how the line, you know, how the timelines came together and how he's, grew from one to the other and um yeah I was I don't know I liked I liked like I said I was more interested in the story in that but I think that almost that you're supposed to be because I really wanted to find out what happened to Miles what broke Miles and um yeah if if she had done it um as just a big flashback in maybe two chunks probably we wouldn't feel the same way right like, no we wouldn't trust him you know yes. we wouldn't forgive we we got to see the build right because to just say that he was in love with somebody and he had a horrible loss we're like okay I hear you but we got to experience it with him well and it probably also somewhat um lessens the blow of him being such an asshole to her right well because because they would reveal something and then there would be something that would come up in the next section that kind of helped you understand why he did, you know, why he was being an a-hole to her or why he did something horrible. Um, so, you know, each time something, a little something would happen, like 
the one that comes to mind is when she says, just finish, just finish. And that's, you know, the same thing that Rachel said to him. That yes. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, <laughs> so stuff like that. It seems like he would reveal a little to us or, or you know, yeah, because we were getting his POV on all that. So he would reveal a little to us and then something would happen that would make you realize, okay, that's why that triggered that. So anyway. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, because I was just thinking if if he's such an asshole, like you kind of say. And he's not an asshole. He's just, he does things because he's a great guy and he's super sweet with her and he, you know, super loving, even though he wouldn't say it loving with her. And then he'll do something. You're just like, Oh my gosh, dude, seriously. Can you tell that that's a horrible thing to do? <laughs> he just keeps telling her again and again, I, yeah. this is not for me. This is not for you. We shouldn't do this. And well, like, and this is kind of the thing hurts. that, yeah, this is kind of the thing that, that uh, made the whole thing blow up was when he said something about all he could think about was her and he wanted to come and see her right away. And she says, Oh, did you miss me? She's just teasing him. She's like, Oh, did you miss me? And then it, it, that just like freaks him out. <laughs> and he's just like, no, I can't miss you. I don't, I didn't miss you, you know? And anyway, and then she like, just take a joke, dude. Jeez. Well, then she just loses it. And she's like, you can't even say that you miss me. Does she go back to him after that one? Yes. Well, not until that's, he comes, not until he comes back. Ah, okay. No, so that's, that's the last that's, one, right? Yeah, that's okay. the last one. That's when she's like, I'm done. I'm done with this. And then he breaks down and cries and, and she is there and holds him and she says, you know, and she's just like, I can't help him if he doesn't tell me anything. And so then she just says, I'm done. And she walks out. Yeah. Um, well, my next question was, what do we think of the Tate storyline? But it sounds like we've kind of already talked yeah. about it. Um, and I guess also tying into that is let's talk about sex baby are we gonna talk side characters we will okay i just figured this is a better tie-in okay sorry jeez i didn't know you pay attention <laughs> get the, you gotta get them in the right order okay um but i figured since you guys said that the tate storyline is very sex heavy it is very sex it heavy is. then and let's talk about sex um, baby i mean colleen hoover she knows how to write it. And um, a lot of times, most of the time, maybe it moves the story. Yeah. It's connected that's, to the emotions. Like I was saying, usually I kind of get bored with, you know, sex, yeah. explanation of sex, explanation of sex, explanation of sex. Because I'm okay with them telling us a few times. And then, you know, in the interim, let's just say, okay, so they had sex. <laughs> Made a block. Got yeah. It. You guys, well, the sex in this story is probably one of the tropes that I've, I've usually liked, which is almost an enemies to lovers. It's like people that are drawn to each other. Right. In, with, with their chemistry and their passion, but they're trying to stay apart in the rest of their life. Right. And so a lot of times I really like that. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I'm, I'm here for that. And so Colleen Hoover writes that really well. I believe it. I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, okay. And the one big scene that I remembered from six years ago was when they're in the house for Thanksgiving yeah. and they're on the counter and they get caught by the dad. And um, I just remember that probably because it's an, it would be embarrassing. And then the way that um, Miles handles it, he apologizes. <clears throat> and then there's like 
kisses in the rain. So it's this idea that you've got, and this may be, this is where we kind of frown at ourselves for enjoying something that we're like, don't do it, but we enjoy that conflict in the characters. Yeah. I enjoy that he cannot let her go. Like he's, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm like, oh yeah, that the chemistry is so strong that he keeps being drawn to her no matter what. And Colleen Hoover writes that so well. Well, we all know that he's in love with her. We all know that. <laughs> he's just yes. the only one that doesn't yes. know that. Um, Tate knows it. We know it, but he doesn't, he doesn't, or won't admit it, I guess is the, the real Better word. Term. Yeah. But then, you know, as they do use the sex scenes though, to explain, because really that's all the interaction they have, or most of the interaction they have, I should say, is the sex. And um, I, I will say she writes a good sex scene in that you know, yes, it's explained and, and it's good. And, but it's not like, I don't know. I don't know how to, it doesn't feel dirty. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really well done that yeah, way. I yeah. mean, it has to almost drive the story. Right. You um... Well, that's, you know, we talk about that all the time is that like a sex scene is a good sex scene if it's crucial to the plot, you know? And sometimes I feel like a lot of authors just put in a sex scene because it's hot and people are reading it for the hot sexy scenes and stuff like that. And it's like, no, I want there to be like emotional growth during those scenes. And, and there, that's what this is. I mean, it's at yeah. least it's her noticing emotional growth on his part for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was something else I was going to say, but <clears throat> sorry, maybe it'll come to me later. It, it always does. Or sometimes does. <laughs> Uh, okay, so mom, geez Louise, what did you think of the side characters? I hated Dylan, but we're supposed to hate Dylan, which makes me sad because my son's name is Dylan. And um, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> but my son spells it different. Yes. Um, but I loved Ian. I mean, I really loved Ian. And I like Corbin and I loved Cap. So... I, this had some great side characters. Do you agree, Ruthie? 150%. Actually, I because I made a note, I said, oh, they're going to ask me, what was my funniest moment? And I was like, when Corbin punches him. Wait, <laughs> Corbin's not the hero. That can't be my funniest moment. <laughs> hey, well. Because up until the end, yeah. he, he's not swoony. I mean, at all. And right. so... Um, Ellen, for those of us who didn't read the book, uh, <laughs> there is a moment where I guess it's um, it's when she so says she says goodbye the last time, and she's moving out of the building, mm -hmm. and the brother goes to the um, apartment and basically, well, he yeah he he says uh, Miles says okay bye then and he shuts the door. And um, she's just heartbroken because he won't, it doesn't expand on any of it, yeah. expound on it. And, and um, so she's walking out crying and Corbin goes back and just knocks on the door and Miles opens his door and he just punches him in the face. <laughs> I do. Listen, you know, I like a brother's best friend. And that is a component <laughs> that yeah. I like. I love the brother's best. I love the moment in every brother's best friend where the brother has some sort of reaction. Well, and then when he shows up at her apartment at the end 
And she's like, he has happened? another black he eye. He has a, bruise, a black eye. And she says, what happened to your face? And he said, I had to ask your brother for your address. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but, it's good for that. It's yes. definitely good for that. Um, although they, Corbin wasn't his best friend or Corbin would have known all right. of the details. Ian was really the best friend who, who had been with Miles from the beginning. Because right. Ian was like his friend that he was texting at school. In and high stuff school, like yeah. That, so right? he was his friend all the way yeah. through high school. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, the characters were all great. Um, I wanted to know a little more about Corbin, actually. And that's why I thought as I was reading. He'd get his own book. Yeah, Corbin yeah, needs he... his own book and Ian needs a book. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah, a long time ago, though. Wow, we're, we're eight years. Yeah. yeah. But she needs to write me and ask me about the pilot stuff. <laughs> she needs to get that right. Maybe she will. Maybe she'll listen to this podcast. Colleen, oh, I'm I sure. love you. <laughs> I'm sure she's listening to the podcast. I'm sorry, I didn't read your book. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say something and I don't. But yeah, that's like we, we've been conditioned to. Yeah when we see an attractive, especially like her explaining, you know, he seems like kind of, maybe he's like womanizing on the side a little bit. Well, Corbin, Corbin was supposed to be womanizing on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, he needs to be a womanizer turn. He needs to be a reformed rake. Yeah, exactly. Which we, we love those. Um, okay. It's the moment. It sounds like you've prepared for it, Ruthie. Well, she already oh. shared hers. What is your swinniest moment? Or was that oh, your, yeah. that you can, you can have that one. Is that no, your no, I, I have more. Okay. okay. But you go first. No, no, no. You go first. Cause I haven't thought of mine yet. <laughs> so she I might steal yours. yours. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's see. What did I say? Um, it's, it's not until the end when we get to his BOV. And so maybe you can look at some of the previous moments and, and then you hear his BOV and you go, Oh yeah, of course. I knew you were thinking that. I knew you were thinking that. And so he, they, there's a great job there. Of He goes back and he's like, when we were in the car and you said, don't you like to watch the sunrise? Maybe you read that part, Ellen, because it's on their way to Thanksgiving. And they keep catching each other's eyes in the rear mm-hmm. mirror, I guess. And she's like, don't you watch the sunrise? And her brother's like, no, no, because <laughs> he's just her brother. And then he says, yeah, I never miss one. And then he tells her later, well, that was the moment I knew that I could love you or, you know, something along those lines. Funny, because my husband will send us pictures of the sunrise, especially when he's flying like into Korea or somewhere from the east, <laughs> you know, and then he'll send us pictures of these beautiful sunrises that he sees when he's way up in the sky. But um, it just made me think of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is a good swoony moment. Um, man, I, I know you, you liked the, in the epilogue with the, the babe, the baby. I did like the I epilogue was, yeah, with the baby. That. Um, but, it, you know, I feel like using an epilogue for the swooniest moment is cheating. But, but, I can, but if that's uh, yeah. all she gives you, then. Yeah. I am going to say, though, I thought it was super swoony that he cared enough about Tate that he went and faced Rachel and faced that aspect of his past. And that yeah. whole scene with Rachel, I thought was really good. And um, I may have cried a little bit. And which one of you doesn't cry? Because I cried 
even we the like, second time, but I think I we both cried. The first we're time. both yeah. criers. We uh, tease each other about being cold-hearted. But. Yeah, um, because a lot of times we cry about different stuff. And so like- And a lot of times it depends on when you're reading the book. Like if I'm reading yeah. the book at three in the morning, like I was, yeah. like I get set off super easy. Yeah, same. Um, if I'm trying to bust through a book, so I can hurry and finish it before we're going to record the podcast. I'm not as emotional as emotionally you don't put attached. yourself into the character. So as yeah. much, you're yeah. I'm really an observer busting through, but this one, that whole scene with Rachel, I thought was really heart-wrenching. And um, I don't know if Swoonie's the right word, but at least he cared enough to talk to Cap about it. And Cap said, go and see that she's happy so that, you know, you didn't ruin her life. And um, I just thought that was just really a great scene. So everything in the epilogue, when he changes the font, the love <laughs> font, the love format, is swoony because yeah. he's in love and he's not afraid to express it at that point. And then, of course, you have the proposal. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how I felt about he kind of he, he gives her a box and it looks like a ring box and he goes it's not what you think and it's a key to his apartment and then she's like oh of course and they t- and he's like I want your mess. That was funny to me. I make a mess, and I would love somebody who would be like, "I want your mess," and I'm like, "You got it. You can have all my yours." I liked that line. I liked how that went, and then of course after that was the ring, and I was just like, "Well, okay, fine." You know, I guess that was so we could see it in stages. First, they moved in together mentally, and then they got married. Yeah, and he um. And he did say, I want you in my future forever. You know, that, so that yeah. bringing it full circle to that, we won't have a future together to now. I definitely want to have a future with you. So, and then when he held his little girl and he yeah. was afraid to look at her, he was, what would he see? And oh my God, I was just, yes, oh. yes. I mean, did we have language for all of this in 2014? We 100% did, but you know, like rainbow baby and all of the things that you say and um, all the fears that parents have. I mean, it was really beautiful. And maybe you'll ask the question, dear moderator, about, you know, what is, what, what, what is, is Colleen Hoover saying about love, you know, ugly love. We can ask that question. I don't have that. So we can but mom kind of explained to me where the ugly love title came from. Yeah. But. So what do you think, dear, dear mom, <laughs> dear mom. <laughs> um, well, you know, love isn't just one thing. There's um, like the way I love my children is different than the way I love my husband. Love is there's um, <laughs> there's different He's making a face. I, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. And it was probably like, yeah, I love my kids more than my husband or well, vice versa. That's, that's true. You're I'm nicer, nicer to my kids. Yeah, you're nicer to your kids. Well, than my her. husband is good that he puts up with me. But He's I thought good. you showed your love through sarcasm. I do. She does. I do. I'm a long-time listener. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. you are. Sarcasm and ridicule. Yeah. But um and this, what he went through was ugly love. And and there's parts of love that are ugly. And I think it's getting through the ugly parts that makes us appreciate the not ugly parts of love. And Ian is the one who poses the question that, you know, a lot of amazing movies like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I love that movie Yeah, where you are posed with the question, which is if you could not have experienced the loss of your child and this horrible, horrible 
thing that you went through, the woman you loved hating you, would you choose to erase it all? But you'd have to erase all of it. Yeah. And do you appreciate it? Does he answer or does he? Well, at first, he says, he doesn't answer right away. And then he Mm -hmm. says, um, maybe, I don't know. And that's when he answers, you know, three years ago, you would have said absolutely, you know, erase it all, take it all away. And he said, so that shows that Tate made you change. And um, so, yeah, I mean, we have to take the good with the bad. That's what life is. I mean, we have to have the bad in order to appreciate all the good. And um, yeah, sometimes it's hard crap that we have to go through. Yeah, and as a, as a parent, um, you know, you look at the things that you went through in your past and you said, oh, well, that really horrible experience that I had in the seventh grade made me so much more sensitive and kind and, or that thing I went through at 24. And so do you think, um, I want my kids to go through these things? No, you don't. But then you're like, but again, I don't want them to just coast through life and not have the empathy that you get from suffering. So that's the question. My oldest is 12. So I, I'm always looking back and I, I'm thinking that I don't regret any of my experiences. I'm so happy for all of the good and the bad, but I definitely wouldn't set out to try to make mistakes and experience it, but it does make you a, a better person, a different person. It makes you who you are, right? Well, and that's why, you know, as I look back on my life and I think, you know, for good, for bad, for whatever, I'm grateful for all the life experiences I've had because I'm a pretty happy person now and I'm pretty happy with where I am in life. And I'm grateful that I had to maybe go through some tough t- times to get to where I am now. And I think sometimes, I think like, I mean, I can't completely speak to this because I don't have kids, but um, I think like as a parent, you want them to make good decisions that are going to like set them the best up. But I think like life experiences, good and bad are going to happen no matter what kind of decisions you make, you know, no matter how good a person you are, just life sometimes is sucky. Yeah. And so you, you're going to gain, I don't know you're going to gain those experiences in whatever way you want. And, and, you know, not everybody makes the best decisions anyway. So even those sometimes um, unfortunate experiences are going to come, even if it's not like big, huge decisions, I guess, but if that makes sense. Yeah. It's all, I guess, how we, how we react. Yes, absolutely. Which Your, your attitude which obviously Miles sometimes struggled with. Uh, he did. He was on the struggle bus a lot of the times. With yeah. That. Yeah. So he just, he just tried to punish himself constantly. He did. And I he didn't think, think he deserved, he didn't think he deserved love after, cause he really felt, well, cause Rachel even said, kept telling him it was his fault, you know, when after it happened, he really felt like he was responsible for the whole thing. And so when he sees her and she says, that was so wrong of me. It was, this was not your fault. You know, this is just a bad thing that happened. And, yeah, um, and maybe another few years, she might've sought him out to let him know. That. Yes. It would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> you, would uh, hope, right? you would hope, but um, anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, life just is, 
muddling through the bad and enjoying the good. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. That's what makes us who we are. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we ready to dive into listener feedback? We yes. have some long ones. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. One other question. Let me just look. Um, I love that you came with questions. I should just hire you to come. come yeah, just write all our questions. Uh, well, this one was especially hard because you hadn't read the book. Because I hadn't read the book. <laughs> so. Oh, I think I, yeah, this is sort of my question, which I think we already said, which is, was, because we talked about her and, you know, what frustrated us about Tate and the relationship is she kept coming back, even though we were like, oh, but was she redeemed in that? I guess was my, did we accept that at the um, end? I think she, I, I'm going to say yes, just because she walked away and, and eventually she eventually walked away and he had to come back to her and you know, he was a pretty broken guy and I think she was trying to help him. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, maybe I'm just like a totally lame person who's like, I know it's like 10 or 11 p.m. for you guys, but I don't want to ever stop talking. <laughs> oh, we still, got right. more, we still got more talking to do because you're yes. going to listen to me read these uh, things about this book and we'll still, you know, things come up as we talk about it. Um, Teresa sent in an email. She said, ugly love is ultimately a four out of five rating for me, but what a winding road it was for me to get there. I'm apologizing in advance because this is going to be a rant. That's usually Ruthie's line. Um, I feel like, uh, <laughs> but Teresa continues the first half of the book. It wasn't all that pleasant for me because of the age of the main characters. I have to assume this would be categorized as new adult romance. Since diving into romance a couple of years ago, I've wanted to try every sub genre to give them all a chance. Whenever I gave new adult a shot, I regretted it every single time because it seems to suffer from Bronte syndrome where all the main characters feel uh, things so, so deeply more than anyone could ever understand. And when they feel, they feel everything or nothing at all. If I were to believe the characterization of 20 somethings and new adult books, I'd think that the feelings of youth only happen in extremes, never anywhere in the middle. It's a bit melodramatic and overly passionate for my taste. And this characterizes much of Miles and Tate's relationship. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, I, yeah. I 100% agree. We were talking about the age, right? Yeah. And, and I think that definitely like kind of sums up my feelings on new adult in general. Well, and this, and Tate was like, she was falling for him immediately. And, and like I said, to the point where sometimes I was thinking, why do you love, you know, why are you so crazy about this guy? Um, well, and I did think that like the pros really suited, um, like falling in love at 16, you know, cause yeah. it's very like Romeo and Juliet where it's just like, I will die if I'm not with this person. And like, I have to have her now. And, you know, um, all of that felt very like 16, you know, yeah. um, or however old they 17 were. 17 and 18. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and, but yeah, I agree. Like the new adult, it's always, I have yet to read a new adult book. That's just kind of like a fun rom-com. <laughs> like those don't exist in the new adult genre. It's all angsty, angst, angsty with a capital A. <laughs> yeah. And so when you think about it that way, does the age fit again? 
I don't know. I, I, or are we colored by the fact that we know they're 24 and we're like, what are you doing? You need like, your babies. Yeah. Yeah. Before you can really feel, um, before you can handle these feelings. But anyway, no, I agree with everything. Yeah. Um, Teresa continues. Miles is overly broody, uh, vacillating between feeling so deeply than shutting himself down to feel nothing at all. And his chapters with the center justified format seems unnecessary. <laughs> I understood that Hoover is attempting to poeticize Miles' uh, feelings, but it just lends more to the melodrama. I believe good writing doesn't need gimmicks, and this felt a bit gimmicky to me. That's fair to feel that way, I guess, but I didn't hate it, but you know, I like when I they like to adjust. Yeah. I to adjust to accept it. Yeah. And I, I do, I do kind of like when they differentiate the writing style in some way between like when there are two timelines like that. Um, so if you put your book down and come back, you know exactly which timeline yes, you're exactly. <laughs> um, or just so it's but like, I've never seen a center pond. No, I haven't. I mean, except in poetry. Yeah. yeah. Center alignment. Yeah. Justification. Yes. Justified. Yeah. Um, she continues. Tate was also a bit over the top with making everything Miles said her favorite words. It wasn't even clear to me why she loved him since she knew so little about him. The insta love wasn't always believable to me. Agree. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. She just said it better. Yeah. Teresa continues. There were some other minor uh, things I had with the book, such as the Dylan character. I didn't understand the person, the purpose of including him in the story. And I also didn't understand Hooper's objective in making the Miles and relationship a step sibling. Oh, the Miles and Rachel. What did I say? You just said the Miles and relationship. Okay. The Miles and Rachel relationship, a step sibling one. I get that they didn't know at first and they are not blood related, but optically it was still an awkward thing to read about. There wasn't a need to add this uncomfortable element to the relationship. It would not have altered the plot much to take this part out of the story. Agree. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, there's a whole, um, genre yeah, there is. That is a whole thing. <laughs> is it called the Greg and Marsha genre? The Greg and Marsha Brady genre. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I guess it, it, that was one of the things that I, is this going to be the problem? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's kind of what maybe I, that was too. like, <clears throat> maybe well, that was a, uh, what do you call it? Red herring or something like to just make you think, is that going to be the, problem? well, it does create problems for them, it, right? Well, it does create problems in that, you know, not only did they have to tell their parents that they were pregnant, but that they've been having this relationship, you know, that, by which they became pregnant. And it's not fair for the parents to just assume that these kids wouldn't have feelings for each other because they're really not related at all. And they just met and they and just met 17 and 18. And they're, you know, both good looking kids who are 17 and 18. Dad was definitely a little clueless. He was. And distracted. Did anything ever come of the dad relationship? Like, well, he married. I know that, but like, because no, no, the, didn't they break up? Like, they he didn't marry her mom ultimately. He, he did marry her mom because they got they went away one weekend and came back married. Okay, they came back married, but they didn't stay together. No, they didn't stay together. She left yeah, with Rachel after. I'm them. asking if like um, hit if Miles and his dad ever like had it out kind of thing about him basically cheating on his deceased mother well there's it's alluded to that he has 
a relation. Oh, in the he, hospital when his son when the baby's born, born he. And so that's the other like horrible thing is he says, um, I forgot the baby's name, Clayton. He says Clayton makes everything better. Yeah. And Clayton fixes everything. I love my dad. Clayton fixes everything. Clayton is. Because his know, dad does explain to him that his mother and he and his mother were like separate. We're going to oh, separate I and everything. And um, he had started dating Lisa. this other woman after they had decided to break up, but they were going to stay together until Miles was out of the house and got went away to college. Okay, got it. But then she got sick and then he did, couldn't leave her after that. So Okay, got it. Um, Teresa continues that said the second part of the book got better for me because of the realism that Hoover got right when you are at, when you are as young as Tate and you are head over heels in love with someone you behave and operate under the hope that their feelings will change and they will eventually feel for you as much as you feel for them the most common criticism I read about this book had to do with Tate's passivity and being a pushover I don't disagree but I do think this is an unfortunate truth for many young people both women and men I've seen even grown women in their 30s and 40s behave this way whenever I read Tate's perspective all I could think about was the show crazy ex-girlfriend and the song love kernels which satirizes how every little gesture no matter how minor springs a geyser of hope for the lovesick while not a popular opinion i think tate behaved more realistically than most romance heroines especially probably those of 23 yeah yeah which like maybe like you said maybe that's part of why they were made younger or not made younger, but written younger. Yeah, Teresa explained it really well because that's also the other question. <clears throat> maybe the age partially redeems her. Maybe you understand the passion. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, but she, I get though, because that even in their sex scenes and she would see some little look in his eyes or he would do something differently and she'd say, she would read into it that, oh, he's, but he's got feelings for but me. But see, like the rational woman in my 30s, like thinks, but how, I mean, like I, okay. See, so I'm going to be rational, but then I can also recognize that I myself have like done this as well. But it's like, maybe he just like caught the, the light wrong. And that's why he had that look <laughs> in his eye. Um, but like, it's the reflection of the TV lady. If, like, <laughs> emotion. If, you have a, if you have the TV on during sex, then yeah. <laughs> Netflix and chill. Mom. Come on. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I also recognize like Teresa said that like even women in their thirties and forties, like myself, um, will sometimes read into, I don't know, like I did this a lot in, uh, my previous relationship yes where um I was just like oh obviously he's picking up on what I'm saying because he's you know doing this and then like turns out he had no idea what I was saying I'm like <laughs> okay cool um well, so. I think everybody does this I think in all relationships you know especially if things aren't going as well as you would like them to that every little kernel you're given Mm -hmm. brings hope that oh maybe this is it maybe this is when he's going to change maybe this is what's going to make him better maybe this is what's going to make our relationship better and unfortunately it doesn't usually work that yeah way. I was gonna say unfortunately that's the rational Ellen is it's not <laughs> doesn't always you know mean chemistry. that chemistry yeah chemistry that's yeah. how we willingly suspend our disbelief I guess yes yeah for sure 
Um, Teresa continues. Hoover also got the pain of losing a child, right? Having a friend who ha has lost a child, I'm well aware of the depths of pain and despair felt by, by parents. This kind of pain and grieving goes on for years. Some never, ever get past it. Knowing this was the reason behind Miles's behavior helped me understand and sympathize with his character more. Though it was difficult emotionally for me to read, I can appreciate what Hoover was trying to do in the second half of the book because of this and the good job she did of giving readers and Tate a hard fought and gratifying happy ending. I ultimately liked the book and would give Hoover's other works a try. Oh, this is another first Colleen Hoover. Yeah. Not reader. Yeah. We do exist. We're out there. <laughs> um, very well uh, said. Teresa. Yes. Yeah, um, we could have just read her comment <laughs> and yeah. just talked just about said, that. Okay, the end. Bye. <laughs> He's replacing Ellen. <laughs> yeah. Here, I, I should. I knew you wouldn't Teresa. be here. So. <laughs> um, okay, Elizabeth says I think this book was so overhyped for me that it felt it was a bit, I felt it was a bit of a letdown. I did enjoy the story and oh my gosh, was it sad. The book cover makes so much sense and makes me want to cry. Yeah. That book cover in hindsight is terrible. I've never looked at it's it. It's like no, I have to water. It. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause I, you know, I know that much about the book. Uh, I did like Tate and, and while Miles was testing at times, I did like him even with the Rachel slip up. I still didn't hate him. I would say this is more of a like than a love, not my favorite Colleen Hoover book, but I still liked it. Also for anyone who wants to read a little more about Tate Miles, they make a small appearance in Colleen Hoover's other book, November 9th, but I read that one and it didn't have, it wasn't any of the characters that no no it's not they're not in it they just must show up okay it's been like, a while since i've read november 9th like their customers at the same cafe or something like that it's i i can't actually remember how they are but they're not gosh i shouldn't speak about it because i can't actually remember i don't think that they're big characters. never stopped us <laughs> we always get we always get information wrong <laughs> um julia <laughs> Julia, Julia says, um, I don't know where to begin with my love for this book. I first read it in 2015 and promptly read every other book uh, Colleen wrote. This was my first intro to romance. So it will always hold us. Oh, that's interesting. Hold a special place in my heart. I reread it at least once a year. I love that this book makes me feel every emotion possible. There is lust, obsession, sadness, hope, love, and heartbreak. Then in true uh, coho fashion, it all gets tied up in a big, beautiful bow at the end. I love that we got a scene with Rachel to lead Miles towards healing. Miles and Tate are my favorite couple. I'm so happy they uh, led me to the world of romance. The single complaint I have about this book is the center of the page text. I understand the meaning behind it. It just visually really annoyed me. Well, it didn't annoy me. It's different. You have to get past it. I mean, you have to, you have to yeah. say, okay. After you refresh your Kindle and say, is there something wrong? <laughs> After you check your settings. I want Julia to know I'm not making fun of her name. Yeah. My name is also Julia. Yes. And I have a story. <laughs> Here comes the tangent of the week. <laughs> the tangent. Um, so my real name is Julia, but I've always gone by Julie. I don't know why. That's just what my parents called me. So I was always Julie. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a friend that I worked with from Argentina and she was making plane reservations for us. And she made my plane reservation under Julie. 
And I had to tell her, well, my real name on my driver's license is Julia. And this was not long after, you know, 9-11. So they were super, super strict. And so she had to call and change my name and it cost her $35 or $75 to change my name on my plane ticket. And so she said, okay, so I'm going to call you Julia from now on because it cost me that much money to change your name. And so, and with her little Argentina accent, she'd say, Julia, Julia, (laughs) Julia. So that's my Julia story. And I wasn't making fun of your name, Julia. It's a beautiful, beautiful name. It's mom's favorite. Julia is the character in The Wedding Singer. Yeah, Julia Gulia. Julia Gulia. Yes. Which every time I what went through my head yeah <laughs> every time I see that movie I'm like why would you just now be making that like no that's so inauthentic you can tell that's written by a man because no woman would ever be engaged to, to a, a man and be Gullia. thinking for the first time my name is going to be you know Julia Gullia. Julia Gulia. she would have thought about by date two yeah by like just first meeting him yeah yeah you write the name in the notebook I guess yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Victoria says, I love this book so much in a heart wrenching sort of way. I read it last year and it was one of those books that took me a couple of days to recover from. I've read other Colleen Hoover's books and it's been hit and miss, but this, and it ends with us are absolutely beautiful. Although not a light heart, not a light read for sure. I've reread ugly love since, which I usually don't. I loved the writing style and the contrast between Tate's POV and Miles's past stream of consciousness. Even the visual way it was printed, it reminded me of incredibly close and extremely loud, which aimed more at poetry than prose. Uh, Tate and Miles's relationship is toxic at times, especially for her, but there's still so much intimacy and love that instead of finding it frustrating, it made me care for them. Colleen Hoover doesn't hold back on the ugly part. The scene of them having sex on the kitchen table and his breakdown later on were quite raw. Uh, Miles's trauma is a big part of the story and the more the past narration goes on, the more you feel for him and get traumatized for life about driving a baby back from the hospital, I fear. I liked that he didn't magically heal when he decided to be with her, but he had to find his healing through time. Definitely different from the romance novels we've read so far. I'm very curious to hear what Ellen and mom think. Sorry, just mom. (laughs) (laughs) But my my opinion is more important anyway. Sure. Mom and Ruthie, more importantly. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Cassie says, I'm going to try and be as succinct and respectful as possible. When I, uh Oh, (laughs) when I originally read this book last year, my review was quite ranty. This book didn't work for me. Miles needed therapy and to provide an epic grovel. Neither of those things happened. Tate needed to grow a backbone and realize that Miles is the mistake you make before you find someone better who treats you right. (laughs) Neither of those things happened. All of Miles's chapters were about how much he loved Rachel. When I'm reading a romance, I don't want so much focus and time spent on past relationships. I also feel compelled to offer a formal plea to all authors. When an unplanned pregnancy occurs in your novels, please include a discussion of all options. I don't respect the narrative choice to have two high schoolers experience an unplanned pregnancy and literally never even have the thought of abortion or adoption cross their minds. It's irresponsible. All I need to be happy is a simple mention of all the choices, even if the characters ultimately decide that abortion or adoption aren't for them. This book was very much not for me. Well, that's what I felt about the therapy. It's like, just tell us he's getting some help. <laughs> and again, yeah. like, I feel like all of the, I feel like, both. I mean, both the 
both the discussion of all the options and the mental health therapy is definitely more of a shift that has taken place uh, since the society in society over since 2014, which sent, which seems crazy, but I think that's true. Yeah, this idea that um, everyone is responsible for educating to an extent their yeah. audience in a way it's like okay we can all infer if we are mature enough then we are expecting that he got therapy like yeah we are thinking it happened it, yeah but if it's not stated there are people maybe who are a lot younger or who may be in a relationship where they're waiting for him to just mm-hmm. or her to just magically be more grown up mm-hmm. and so in that aspect, I, I understand it. Um, of course I, you know, read in the eighties when not only was there no mention of these things, but there were so many questionable things happening. I'm still someone who knows that I need therapy, <laughs> you know, I mean, I read, maybe I need therapy from all the novels. Well, cause I get irritated when there's no discussion of condoms that always irritates me. And um, yeah, there's little things that come up that, you know, never would have come up in an eighties novel. Oh, the, the, um, like getting permission or the consent. Consent. That's the word I wanted. I don't think any Harlequin or 80s historical. <laughs> In fact, it's usually the opposite. It's usually like, I know you're saying no, but I know you want it. <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. I recently rewatched Hope Floats <laughs> and I was so shocked. Harry Connick Jr. did not impress me. Anyway, that's, a, consent. that's a tangent. Yeah. Well, that's- I mean, that wasn't that long ago when I owned the DVD and it's like a rewatch and I rewatched it this year and I was like, she keeps telling him no and he keeps <laughs> trying to kiss her. Well, there's, I mean, you, there's a lot of like, you can go, uh, we watched a bunch of old um, 007 movies not too long ago and we're like, oh my gosh, first of all, there's all kinds of racial inappropriate comments and the, the sex, geez, he's just a hound dog and he's it's off-putting how he just jumps in bed with everything. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like when you watched it before, did it bother you? Kind of like in this case, we were bothered, but we went through it because for the entertainment, for the story, we're pulled. Did it happen before? And we just didn't have, we talk about the language and the vocabulary that we try to get. I think we were less aware of these issues. Yeah. I think everybody was less aware of these we issues. We didn't have the words. Yeah. We didn't have the word really consent in the yeah. Yeah. So maybe we felt like, well, she didn't say yes, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's flirty, whatever. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what I was thinking back then. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of, yeah, that, that's a dark rabbit hole to go yeah, down is when is. you watch. Yeah. 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 That's the like, tangent of tangents. Yeah, for sure. Cause that's like never ending. Kind yeah. Of. Um, Ashley said, I read this a few years ago and really enjoyed it. It is quintessential Colleen Hoover, a little bit irritating, a whole lot angsty and makes you ignore all the red flags for the love of a dubious hero. Um, I, I wouldn't suggest her books to anyone wanting a satisfying romantic love story. It would have been nice if we had a few chapters of Miles working on himself and doing a bit of groveling, showing us that he is working through his trauma so we can all believe their HEA will last. 
Side note, I read the last few chapters in the parking lot while my son was in gymnastics. I was ugly crying, (laughs) sobbing and trying to catch my breath. The mom beside me looked really concerned. So I just licked my mouth, my book and mouth sad. She mimed phew and laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that reminds me because I was just talking to my parents um, because not too long ago we watched. the Bo Burnham special that oh. is, is new on. And I was telling them about when I watched his movie that he directed called eighth grade, which is all about being a girl in today's society with social media and all these terrible, like terrifying things. Um, and I was on, I watched it on the plane and I was just ugly crying, like, <laughs> like sobbing. And I'm like, the guy next, like the guy next to me was obviously like very uncomfortable because <laughs> like any man, he did not know what to do with a crying female next to him. Do you recommend this movie? Is it a documentary? What is it's it? It's not, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a like fictional narrative. Um, I do. It's, it's not the easiest watch, but I think especially if you have kids that age, it's kind of it is a good watch. It made me terrified to have children that have to deal with like, you know, the internet and social, social media. media, but, um, especially like, uh, it's, I mean, like it rips your heart out, especially like those of us who are women who went through puberty. And then you add on like this added stress of social media and stuff like that. And it's just like, Oh gosh. Cause that's just like, it's just, it's gut wrenching, but it's really good. And it's a really good like depiction of it, I thought, um, but not the easiest watch, but I think worthy. it's called eighth grade. It's called eighth grade. Yeah. Okay. It's I'll good, for it. but it's, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's like, ugh, just hurts your heart. Um, it's lots of tangents today. Yeah. Lots of tangents. Sorry. Okay. Angela says this was my favorite coho book until a uh, reminder of him came out. This book gutted me and I loved every second of it. The steam was, uh, okay. Emoji, um, <laughs> or perfect emoji. Perfect. And miles is one of my top book boyfriends. He is so sexy and swoony. I've also listened to the audio and miles is narrated by Zachary Weber, whose voice is pure sex. Highly recommend it. Okay, well, that's quite the it's quite the quite the pure sex in my ears. Yeah, you know that's I'm not I'm not opposed to that. Uh, Karen says I've just zoomed through Miles and Rachel's portion of the story. I love steps of bling romance and teen pregnancy. It's a little different from you, Mom. <laughs> and so I started skipping Tate's chapters because I was getting frustrated with how much longer they were in comparison. I'll have to go back. Oh, and she's skipping Tate's chapters. Yeah, she's oh, Tate's. yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. I mean, I was really more into the Rachel story than line than the Tate storyline. Yeah. Um, Amanda says, just like others, this was my first ever Colleen Hoover book, and it basically catapulted me into the rest of her books, and I love them all. I was absolutely obsessed with this book with all the emotions, ups, downs, and some steamy scenes, and I recommend it to everyone. There you go. And then finally, we have an email from Arthur. He says, hey, no yomos. As a massive Coho fan, I was quite happy to learn you'd finally put her work on the no yomo docket. Sorry to let you down, Arthur, that I didn't read it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll admit, though, that Ugly I Love did, isn't my favorite coho read. The honor goes to It Ends With Us. Um, agree, disagree. Is that you said you liked that one, right? Or I loved you, it. it uh-huh. I talk about book hangovers. It's one of those life-changing books, kind of, which is why 
it, it actually did the opposite. That's why I made that face. That's why you're yeah. like, what, is, what are you thinking? Because after that, I was a little more careful with her books because sometimes you want the HEA with the bow. Mm-hmm. And Colleen Hoover has amazing writing. And up until that point, it was that way. And this one was a little different and um, still happy ending, uh, but it leaves you just torn apart. And then she has Verity, which is a little bit more of a thriller, which is, so after that, it was sort of like amazing author, but not go-to romance read every time. Yeah. Not sure how many feelings she was going to make me feel and how I was going to feel at the end. And so that's, that's why it's not an easy answer to me. I think all of her books are phenomenal. Well, there's maybe one that it was an earlier one that it's not my favorite, but she's definitely doing things when she writes. So you just have to know, are you ready to be done? (laughs) Yeah. That's like so, me and Amy Harmon and Kennedy Ryan, who I love. I love also love, love. A- Amy Harmon burned me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because I love, love, love their books, but like I have to buckle up and like be yeah. emotionally primed and ready to like read one of those books. I've um, read, have you read the, the ones, the only ones of Amy Harmon that I haven't read are the high school purgatory have you guys read those? I haven't read those. Last Dance in Purgatory. Okay. Oh, no. I don't. That's the only ones I haven't read. But up in, I've read every single Amy Harmon, no matter how much she hurts me. I keep yeah. coming back for more. She's I'm so like Tate. Did you read the, um, <laughs> you are like Tate. You're in an abusive relationship. Um, did, have you read the, so you read the, the songbook of Benny? Yeah, I did. Was it good? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was really good. Okay. It was, it was great. It, I don't know. Amy Harmon is so brave because I remember as if I'm like in the author community, you know, you're on Facebook enough and you're like, oh yeah, Penny Reed's my best friend. Yeah. Remember when Penny Reed wasn't sure if she should write a novel like this <laughs> and then she decided not to. And I'm like, but Amy Harmon did. <laughs> I mean, she actually didn't, I guess, because, um, she just, she writes so many different genres. Like yeah. She, yeah, she is that's all that's over the place. And then she's got the, the bird and the sword. And then that other the uh, more first, recent the cursed first son. fantasy. And yeah, yeah, she goes fantasy. She goes Western. She went off to Ireland. I learned all about the history there. Me too. Um, yeah. And so Benny Lamont, uh, another great one. Okay. You don't feel horrible at the end. Like okay. Song of Solomon. Is that the one? Yeah, you read that one. I didn't read The Law of David. And I read Law of David. Law of David, and... Song of Solomon. It's the two anyway, it's, it's like the two part. It was Song yeah. of David, Law of Moses. Oh, you read it? I don't know what I'm saying. Law of I'm Moses and Song of David. <laughs> all the biblical characters. Yeah, just throw out Bible names. Yeah, you got, you got it. <laughs> um. Okay. Where was I on this? Um. Here. Because, okay. Arthur continues. Sorry. Sorry, Arthur. We got on a tangent during your, that's your weird. <laughs> um, it is, but that's definitely yeah. a great book. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's, that's where we got. Okay. Um, he continues. I know there's a certain expectation we hold for cliches in the romance genre, uh, particularly in co-host work, but it feels like she stuffed a particularly high amount of cliches into ugly love. The insta love trope is one example. Then there's the eye roll worthy moment where Tate thinks it's sexy for miles to claim. He doesn't care if she drinks his juice. I could go on and on. Um, I don't know how tropey is that a trope? Is that a, 
that's a trope, but it's, but it's definitely like, I guess, um, I guess it's a moment. And, and I feel like what Arthur's saying is poor Tate was grabbing at straws, you know, yeah. to think that he's willing to share yeah. the food or the beverage means that he feels more than he does. But again, at the end, he did feel more. Yeah. <laughs> so, Apparently. Yeah. Uh, then there's Miles behaving like such a jerk towards Tate for a large portion of the book. I get that we're supposed to sympathize with him due to his traumatic past. And I would have been okay with him being simply grumpy, but he was written with such overt callousness that my willingness to root for the friends with benefits romance was really being tested. Uh, they weren't even friends. I mean, that was like the big thing It's like, we're not even friends. Yeah. He just said, we're not even friends. And that's, that was another line that made her really mad too. Yeah. Um, Arthur concludes, as for the book's merits, this completely enthralled me on a purely emotional level, particularly during the heartbreaking reveal of Miles and Rachel having lost their baby. Aside from the spite that Miles kept hurling at Tate, I liked the chemistry between them. I'm usually into the trope of book titles themselves popping up somewhere in the story, and that remains true for Ugly Love. And let's all give Cap the appreciation he deserves. Am I right? Yes, Arthur, you are. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, final thoughts on Ugly Love. Um, like I said, I loved it, but I'm not in sure. In an ugly way. In <laughs> an ugly way. I'm not sure, you know, if I can, I mean, I can pinpoint why, but there's just so many things that usually I would, would be, you know, would be off-putting to me, but for some reason it worked for me. Mm-hmm. I think Colleen Hoover is amazing. And if if this book, Alan, since you didn't finish yeah, it, you, yeah, I guess yeah. you still could, but you've sort of, we've just dissected it. Yeah. Um, I hope you guys read some more. I think, and she's gotten this huge following now because of book talk. And um, yeah, well, and she, cause she was, um, she hosts Book Bonanza, which we went to, and she was like a huge deal there, which kind of made us feel weird because like you we, were missing something yeah 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 um so you know i think she she i mean we, we're definitely aware that she has a very huge following obviously um, and i believe her original like maybe her first novel was slammed okay i don't know if you looked that up mm-hmm. and uh i remember not at the time that it came out because i didn't hear about her till afterwards she had this phenomenon of being like the only one with a hundred percent five-star reviews. And it was some kind of a phenomenon that she was a hundred percent five-star reviews and she had this huge number of reviews and nobody had rated it less than five stars. And so maybe there was another author that I was interacting with who said, so I had to go read it and see if I could knock it down a star and I couldn't. So how can somebody write a perfect book? Like, yeah, was it perfect because of the reviews? And so that always like kind of piqued my interest and slammed as another, she takes the tropes, which of course, those are the authors that we really, really love. Like yeah. can you read it again? You know, yeah. they yeah. take that trope and then they like mix it up a little bit and make you think about it. Yeah. And so maybe that's why the ugly love, you know, that's maybe, I mean, that's what maybe she was trying to do. The trope of this guy who he's not being cool and he's, he, you know, he's closed off emotionally and then give us a bam, an actual reason 
Um, not just that he had a lot of money and it pissed him off, you know, or <laughs> some really stupid thing. Here's my question yeah. for you. Is she always kind of new adulty? No. Well, I don't know. No, maybe. I didn't notice. Okay. Um, cause I'm going to say no. Um, <clears throat> no, definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. Um, okay. She's not. And actually some of her, one of her recent, a recent few novels, like Heart Bones, I guess it was new adult. It was new adult in the age range, but it didn't have any of the things that some of the people commenting have said frustrates About us. New adult. New adult. Yeah. Um, she likes to have a twist in there. She does a good job with the twist. There's always a twist. There's always a lot of angst. And I, I like angst. I don't think that that goes only with new adult, does it? No. And no, I, no. I like angst too. I definitely have to like, I usually, if I read angst, it's because I sought it out. Like I was like, I want an angst. Like I just get in the mood for angsty books, you know? And I'm so I feel like there's two kinds of angst. And sometimes when people are on like these groups and they ask for angsty and then they get recommended, I want a book that's going to tear me apart. I like to be torn apart, but I have to be put back together at the end. Right. And yeah. if I'm not put back together, then that book is going to be in a different caliber for me. Yeah. It's great that it makes me think and whatever, but when I want romance, I like it to just be drawn out as long as possible, slow burn. And then at the end, you have to fix it. And feel and very confident that usually, it's a happy yeah. ending. Yeah. Yeah. And she usually does that. Mm-hmm. She usually does that. And, um, so I hope you'll read some more. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I do want to read one. I, you know, who knows when that will happen. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously having a hard enough time reading the books that we need to read right now, but um, okay. So those are our thoughts on Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. And usually right now I would go to a break, but I'm not going to do that because we need to get to know Ka- uh, Ruthie. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I do remember your name. I was about to call you like because what time is it? Oh yeah. 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 It's almost 11 (laughs) and we need to go to bed soon, but (laughs) I do want to get to know Ruthie better because, um, like when Ruthie started sending in free for alls, I was like, this gal is a hoot and (laughs) I want to get to know her better. Um, I just remember your first like free for all book report. I was like uh, cracking up. I remember we were like cracking up listening to it. So I was like, we need to get to know this Ruthie more. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit about yourself, like unrelated to your reading, um, as much as you are willing to tell the people of the internet, um, you know, where are you? What do you do? What, what do you enjoy doing in your free time? Whatever. I currently live in Turkey, which is probably, um, and I'm American from America. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I have three kids two boys and a girl and uh my husband is turkish we met in new york city in 2002 i'm actually i don't even know where i'm originally from because i moved around a lot with my mom and my dad and they were divorced and so i lived in florida i lived in tampa i lived in new mexico so then after i went to florida state and after university i went to new york city and that's like i said uh well, I didn't say that, but that's where I met my husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got married 2003. 
And we lived all over. Actually, we lived in uh, New York for a while. Then we lived in Los Angeles a um, couple years. And Cincinnati was our last U.S. place. And then in 2016, we moved to Dubai. And I guess at that point, we were there for a few years for my husband's job. And we were like, um, okay, is this a good time to, uh, since we're close to Turkey, let's give, uh, and my kids weren't really speaking Turkish. Uh, mm -hmm. They didn't really know, you know, they, I mean, of course their dad's Turkish, so they're going to know a little bit about their culture, but yeah. they, um, they didn't really have the language. And so since we were in Dubai, we, we said, okay, let's, um, let's give Turkey a shot and let, let's, let's introduce our kids um, to the country and let them learn the language. And so we came here in June, 2019. So everybody knows what happened in March, 2020. Yes. <laughs> Familiar. So that's been, it's hard to, um, it's hard to separate, um, my experience of living in Turkey with COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's, I, I do like the way that the country handled it. It's, um, and it's really funny because right now my husband's trying to get the cat out of the kitchen. <laughs> so if we don't have technical difficulties, we, and, and the cat seems to know that it's, it's <laughs> that she's that not getting the attention that she deserves. And she's like running, running, running. So yeah, that's quite a summary. And that's why I was like, I need your faces to tell me, <laughs> you know, like, dude, okay, that's enough of your personal life. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's up to you how much you want to share with us I really don't think you'd be getting that from our when we but. said tell us everything you want to know we were thinking like <laughs> like you know so one time in third grade <laughs> <laughs> but in general I just feel like that's such a you know I'm a really adventurous person I'm really happy with the choices that I made um I think it's it's just one of my life goals when I was um younger like that's part of why I moved to New York City was because I was like I want to see the world and um my career mostly was sales uh picked up a job in Los Angeles that I was able to keep um up until we moved to Dubai and then once I got to Dubai I moved into the realm of English teaching not in Dubai in Dubai I was actually doing something at a prep school which is more of like helping students go to universities which mm -hmm. is a big um, thing overseas, uh, you know, yeah. like in growing up in the States, our guidance counselors just kind of don't do as much. Um, yeah. But overseas, it's a really big deal because a lot of the students, they want help leaving, you know, especially in Dubai, uh, the kids who grow up as expats in Dubai, they cannot stay there yeah. uh, unless they're at school. So typically they're going to go back to wherever maybe their parents are from. So that's what I did in Dubai. And then since I came to Turkey, I've been teaching English. Cool. Yeah. When I, when I lived in Italy, I taught some English classes and it was kind of an interesting experience. And it really makes you think about how weird English how is. How crazy our language is. <laughs> especially like Absolutely. when, especially when you're teaching it to like people who speak a romantic language, because like romantic, I don't, you know, romantic languages make so much more sense than English. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. How long were you in Italy? Um, six months. Yeah. What ages did you teach? I was mainly adults and I think oh, like okay. some teenagers, but yeah. Yeah. Cause so. that was my goal before, like I was living in New York and I had been there 
three years, two years, and I was planning to move on. I was like, okay, um, I'm going to, I, I remember I was taking some classes at Berlitz for fun. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to go to Belgium, Belgium. That is the right way to say yes. it. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then Belgian I, 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 waffles. <laughs> Clearly I never went. <laughs> and I remember doing actually a Berlitz sample class on Italian and I wow, this language is so cool, you know? So <laughs> Italy must've been an amazing experience. Yeah, it was fun and um, gorgeous and all, all of those things that, all you know, things. yeah. I need to take mom someday. Someday. She's never been. And Yeah, I've, I still haven't been, you know, we came here and we thought, oh, we are gonna see this whole region while we're here. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. So yeah. uh, things are starting to open back up and we're hoping that this summer uh, that we can do Italy. And some of the, I mean, we can drive. I mean, yeah. is, that, yeah. is that crazy or what? Like we can take yeah. a road trip, but we Two. can go to countries instead of states. I know. Which here, people don't understand the concept of how big the U.S. is. Yeah. And, yeah. And even, yeah, they're, they're just like, what's America like? And, and I'm like, which part? you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, not an easy answer. Yeah, um, I know. That's what I do. I do always think it's funny, like when you make generalities about Americans or like that, a, a lot of times in, um, especially being from California in Italy, everybody's like, oh, and it was before I had lived in LA. So everybody's like, oh, you must go to, that's where the, you must live by the, you know, you go to the beach all the time. I'm like, Mm, no that's not the part of California I mean I go to the beach maybe more than like someone who grew up in Kansas but um, right how uh, long were you in LA I was in LA for five and a half years uh so that's your New York probably because for me I was there seven eight years it's the city of my uh I don't feel like I, I like, I, I kind of think of LA as like, I served my time. I was in LA for five and a half years. Uh, Which part, were you there for school? I no I was there like working in casting and, and things like that. So uh, yeah, in my job is, in LA that I kept for a while was in that universe too. Not yeah. casting, but we should, we should swap whole, stories sometimes. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. And it, and it kind of like, um, made me realize like, uh, maybe this business isn't for me. And, um, maybe I don't want to like live in LA for the rest of my life kind of thing. So yeah, that was, it's funny. Well, what years were you there? 2011. I was just answering this question the other day too. Uh, 2011 to 2016, I think 2017. Ah, okay. Cause I was there 2006, seven, eight. And, and I just remember that I was living there and I was listening to the radio in the car. And I think it was the Lindsay Lohan, maybe scandals were, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, is the world overcome by this obsession with famous people no, or is it, am I just here? And, yeah. and it is, it's like your mind just becomes just like, I mean, I think the world at large is, but I think yeah. it's way more prevalent in LA and like they're in a weird bubble where they think everybody else is this is like that. And it's not like that necessarily. But it messes with your mind. It's not, it does. it's not real. It's no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a strange city and it's a hard, it's hard to explain to like people who haven't yeah. 
lived there <laughs> but um yeah um anyway books ruthie <laughs> what was your gateway drug into reading romance are you a lifelonger are you you know what was what was what was your book or your series or your author or whatever mm-hmm. so um i'm just a lifelong reader for sure yeah and pretty much read everything um and i had an aunt uh who was reading i guess harlequins mm-hmm. when i was like 11 12 and we would be together you know on the winter break and summers and and my grandfather was a reader. He liked mysteries. So we would go to the library. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who eventually was like, here's how you find the, um... and actually my aunt is, is from Vietnam and she speaks five languages. And one of the ways that she made her English um, more fluent was by reading romance novels in English. And she said, they're so predictable. <laughs> <laughs> so Actually, I should do that for my Turkish. I was thinking about that. So yeah, I read all of them. I remember being 12 and living with my dad in Tampa and him throwing away one. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. He was like, what are you reading? (laughs) I think he may have thrown away that one. And then after that, maybe I went back to like, you know, whatever I was supposed to be reading at the time. Yeah. And then, you know, you go to college and you reading all your textbooks and you sort of stop reading. Right. And so, um, I traveled a lot for work, uh, Mm -hmm. for those 10 years between LA and uh, Dubai. And so I would read the airport novels. I would listen to audiobooks, and a lot of time, what do we call that? Like this fiction, you know? Yeah. And I'm a big, big fan of like historical and crime Mm -hmm. and, um, Sandra Brown from back then, you know, the mystery that has the romance. Yeah. Uh, so it was really probably 2013, 14 when I started really, really romance again, really hundred yeah. percent back. So, um, and I really love being back in that world. And I really like this online community that exists, you know, yeah, it's you definitely- guys really have helped me, ex- you know, keep going because sometimes yeah. I'll be in a book slump and I'll say, okay, what podcast have I not listen to that a book I haven't read. And so then I'll go back and read that one. So a lot of times I'm behind you guys. Sometimes I reenacting my library, my US library card was a big deal. So now I can borrow a lot of stuff. Speaking of living in LA, I like still sometimes use my LA library card and I haven't lived there for, you know. Probably better. And I have three, (laughs) I have a friend actually who shared one of hers and I always try to check mine first. And I, I've got this Atlanta one because um, we have a place there and I have this library card now, Yeah, but they don't ever have anything. Oh yeah. See, yeah. The LA Is there ones a are way to good. request a book for your own library? Probably. I think so. Yeah. I don't anyway, know. There's, they never have anything. I'm there's probably far-reach. people in the group that are much more knowledgeable about that. Much than, more library savvy. Yeah. Um, okay. What is your favorite book, romance or otherwise? So I have, and I, I looked at my list because I have a list of like solid favorite authors that I've mm-hmm. always, I've kept it just kind of to remind myself, you know, if you're in a book, um, go find one of these. Yeah. Um, and they're all romance. Um, but I always think of like Ken Follett, Pillars of the Earth. I remember reading that. Of course, I've read it more than once. And 
I just love the history. It's like, it teaches you so much. And of course there's romance in that. Yeah. Um, I guess they have, there's a series and then there's another series. And so that would be kind of my all time favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I also like zombie there. I also, there's this one series of book by an author, Sarah Lyons Fleming. And I've recommended when you guys were asking like a long time ago, make a list of, and it's definitely romance, but I love like apocalyptic stuff. Yeah. Even <laughs> during when we, the pandemic started, I was rereading hers <laughs> like, in, in her novel. It's all about prepping. And, and I was like, and it's real. And of course we have all the memes about who yeah, knew I was going to be in my pajamas fighting for toilet paper instead of, you know, outside. <laughs> fighting zombies. and Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I guess reading those again during the start of the pandemic was like, okay, if they could survive zombies, we can survive lockdown, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can survive, you know, hoarding toilet paper and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, What is your, what's, I guess you've kind of already answered this, but a favorite genre besides romance. So it sounds like you're like a history. Historical fiction and mystery. Yeah. Yeah. If I could know that I could read a Sandra Brown probably right now that was modernized because mm -hmm. she used to have this kind of always a mystery plus a romance have you guys read her I don't think I've ever read Sandra Brown maybe Which it sounds like I mean that's like literally mom's yeah it's like, like right up my alley bread and butter but um so she has newer novels but some of them I reread and I was like oh this is so dated yeah um but she's really good like you would almost say this is a classic thriller except that heavy romance through it are her could be the, like any movie today yeah are her this like the alphabet murders who is that no that's, i don't um, think so tess garrettson and karen slaughter all of those are the other really more who wrote so and they have romance but you're not guaranteed romance sandra brown was pretty much guaranteed romance i don't think she had a series though because that like Growing up, like when I was secretly reading Chicklet behind mom's back, well, not behind mom's back, but just like, you didn't know what I was reading. Um, but that was always like our crossover was mysteries with romance subplot. Right. Um, because uh, that was like what we could read together and both enjoy because yeah. I'm just always happy if there's romance and I don't really care what else is going on. And, but I do like a good mystery as and, well. And, you know, I like a murder. Yeah, we do like, we have a shared <laughs> I was gonna say love for murder but that sounds terrible that sounds like we're horrible people <laughs> which kind of are. um okay what are your favorite romance subgenres? do they cross over with your uh favorite genres other than romance yeah probably I mean remember when I recently discovered Kerrigan Byrne you know mm -hmm. she's got she's that great. history I mean her history is not um like I can follow it, but yeah. you feel like there's a depth, you know, going on. Like there's all yeah. oh, these books are so are good. Yeah. She, she does. Um, so that subgenre, like historical and then mystery, I guess. And then as far as tropes go, I used to always say it was enemies to lovers. Um, there was a book I read probably when I was 15 or 16, it was called the, the Duchess and the Devil. Sydney and Clary. And I even bought it again in my 20s and lost it again. And it's not online. It's mm -hmm. she didn't make it an e-version. And there it's a it's like that plot of that book, questionable questionable stuff included, yeah. is probably like framed my favorite 
not like when I read, so kind of enemies to lovers, there has to be some kind of a like a misunderstanding where typically the, the guy thinks that she's horrible yeah. and then, but he's still drawn to her and then he does something horrible to her and then he realizes the misunderstanding is clear. She's yeah. not what he thought and then he has to make up for it and then boom. Yep. That's kind of my, I'm just like, could read that fan fiction again and again. Okay. yeah oh yeah that's um yeah no like when it's done right enemies to lovers is like uh perfect yeah. um any that was my next question was your favorite tropes any other favorite yeah. tropes that you like gravitate towards no because I I I mean I could just talk and talk and talk and talk and I used to make an excuse that it was because I was trapped in the house due to COVID but I'm not anymore <laughs> so I don't want to keep you guys up we're not getting to that point yet um (laughs) okay what would you recommend to someone you are trying to get into romance do you have like a go-to for that not really um not really I mean I need to get rid of this question because it's so dependent on the person it is dependent on the person I've got that list I told you about which is Penny Reed Colleen Hoover, Sarah Lyons Fleming, which is the zombie, Amy yeah. Harmon, we all know. Serena Bowen is very yeah. consistent. Yeah, she is very consistent. She yeah. is, um, and she is one who does. She wrote like the North, the True North series. True yeah, North series. and True she's North. very good. And she's, um, she does. She's like one who does consistently new adult ish. Does who she? I really like. Well, True North, right. I, I think she is, has that universe, the college. Yeah, and I think True North yeah. is kind of new adulty. I think they're all around. Yeah, that maybe. Age I need range. to go back and read those. I mean, I I dropped off the series. It's pretty good, and like I just I recently read the most recent one, and it's um. Is it good? Yeah, it was good. I mean, like it's been so long since I've read that series that I but and mm-hmm. so I was like, oh, maybe uh, who knows what to expect. But I was still like, yeah delivers yes and then uh kennedy ryan yeah and and jamie bennett and mariana zapata so like if somebody um said i i because now that i'm in the world with you guys and to me everybody already knows what romance is (laughs) i don't really like sometimes i'll make a joke at school or something because with all of the other teachers you know i'm always reading um something on my kindle or my phone or something like it's my escape and I always kind of roll my eyes and say, oh, yeah, I, I read too much. And so to them, they're like, what could that possibly mean? You know, yeah. <laughs> what's reading too much? And um, like, let me tell the, you, <laughs> one of the teachers that I recently went uh, to a conference with her, she was like, oh, I just heard of this Colleen Hoover on Book Talk. She's younger. <clears throat> yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. You've got to read that. Um, so I think that it depends on the person, like you said, Yeah. and I've got sure. my list of authors and it, de- it would depend on what else they like. Of course. Yeah. That's, that's the weird thing about, um, having the podcast is it's like, I've kind of become this, this sounds very like self-aggrandizing, but, um, kind of like an ambassador for romance, like kind of, um, against my will in a certain way, because, um, I don't know, like we, we have a lot of people in our lives who, um, just because they're people we know through church and it's like, I don't know what to recommend to you because like, 
I don't know your, your, your private life and what you're into and not into. Um, so like, I feel like when we get asked about romance recommendations, we immediately go to the ones that are like kind of more closed door and, um, well, so, you never know. Um, although yeah, Bridgerton has been good for that. Yeah. 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 Bridgerton's been good for that because people are like, I, um, and I'm, I'm kind of into that. Like, is there, what can you recommend to me? I'm like, well, oh, girl, about the let's Bridgerton. go. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't read, I hadn't read that series until oh. the show. And yeah. so, um, and I actually, the Bridgerton, the, the first season, I was fast forwarding through some of just like reading. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't watch it with the kids in the room. I was like, dude, what are y'all? Calm down. (laughs) (laughs) That like one episode where that's like all it is. That's just everywhere. Yeah. Um, But now I've read all of them as much as I could get on the library. So I'm ready for this next one. I'm excited about yeah, next weekend. So. And it's I like coming this. out for me on the same day. So Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Oh, that is exciting. We like this book. Yeah. This was one of our favorites, Anthony's book. So yeah, I know. That's what I keep telling people. Cause like I had like, there's a girl at work speaking of, you know, as I've become a romance ambassador, um, but who, you know, that's her only exposure to anything romance is Bridgerton. And um, so she's like, I'm so sad though that the Duke is gone. I'm like, I get it. He's very nice to look at. I'm like, but honestly, his book is like kind of towards the bottom of, you know, my ranking of that series and Anthony's is near the top. So get ready, get ready, strap in for season two. Yeah. It's going to be good too. You'll, you'll love it. Yeah. And I had sort of forgotten. And then I saw the truth. Oh yeah. The two sisters and the, is it croquet? Yeah. What is it? The palmol, yeah. what they call Palma, it, but it is, that is croquet. Yeah, croquet. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, you kind of answered. Do you have other favorite authors that you haven't? Mentioned? I answered everything. You, you answer. Didn't... You answer every question like the one before it, which I love about you. That's great. Any favorite authors that you haven't mentioned already? Previously, probably, no. but I won't remember them now. I mean. Okay. I, I gave you guys that list and, and yeah. that's kind of probably why I talk so much is because I'm like, I don't want to forget to say something, <laughs> leave out one of my favorite authors that I love so much. So sorry okay. to the author. No. That I, I always forget somebody when I'm asked that question. Um, what got you started listening to us? Did you have an episode that? Yeah. Um, well, for me, it was more of the Facebook connection. Um, I, mm, I have a friend of a friend in Penny Reed, actually. Um, she doesn't know me. I know her. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a scary thing about Facebook. Was, um, yeah, I had uh, two friends. Uh, so my previous business, one of them just said she was going to write a book. And she says, will you help me to read it? Because I know you're into this. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I was a, I started reading Twilight fan fiction. I was really late to the party, but I started reading it in like 2013, maybe. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all of this to say that I was like, yeah, sure, I'll help you, but I know nothing about it. But you kind of meet people this way. And so I guess that one of the people, not my friend, but the other one who was helping to write the book, mm-hmm said, oh, I have this friend who was actually a biological, biomedical engineer, and now she's a successful author. So if she can do it, anybody can. (laughs) But this person couldn't 
it didn't go well for them. It, you know, they, it, I thought the book was, it was fun and it was fun to read because it was actually a little bit in the world of the career that, that we were in. And, uh, but anyway, I guess Penny had gifted them with the cover and sort of like, you know, tried to help and stuff, but clearly not everybody is Penny Reed, you know, yeah. not everyone can just switch careers and write a book. <laughs> so I've forgotten your question. Um, <laughs> what got you started listening to us? Because of Penny Reed. So there was this like thread in her Sharks Blossom and it was like, thanks, Ellen. I love you, Ellen. What was it, Ellen? No, I know what this was. It was. Yeah. She had some like, uh, and we, we had an episode right after it happened where we freaked out about this for like an hour. Um, but she had this contest on the page for like, um, explain, um, your favorite book. Uh, yeah. And it's like, and then you had, in order to enter, you had to like, answer these three answer questions. these three questions and the third question was or all you are you all just Ellen's mom and trying to make me feel good. trying to like make me feel better about myself or and because I, I guess you know she had caught on to the fact that we were just like in love with her praising her up and down yeah and um and so then it was a series of everybody just saying I have no idea who Ellen is I don't know who the hell Ellen is <laughs> <laughs> And that just made us laugh. It was definitely a bit humbling, but um, to have so many people saying like, I don't know who the hell Ellen is. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I was one of those people. And then additionally, um, from, you know, Sarah and, yeah. um, you know, through through that. So I don't know if Penny mentioned it first or if or if somebody else mentioned it, but, you know, of course it was the Erkanji Kush watching. Uh-huh. Yes. And so since I was like, hey, guess what, y'all? I actually married to a Turkish guy isn't this fascinating like so many people don't know about Turkey I didn't know really about it when I met him all those years ago I'm like a typical American in that I kind of didn't you know I kind of I knew it was a country thank god yeah yeah yeah. but I had all of my preconceived ideas and so when I saw this kind of talking about the show and then of course I watched the clip of the Arkanji Kush start. And then I was like, so all of that to say that I, I kind of got into that subgroup, but I really wasn't a big watcher of, like I watched Arkanji Kush in the beginning, but after a while I didn't. And, um, but then I guess that I saw that Nara and Sarah were in this group, in yeah. your group, and then I joined it. And then I started listening. So, so all of that, like I was in your group and then I said, and then I don't even think I listened right away. I think I'm embarrassed to say, that's why I wish I could see your faces. Uh, when I first joined the group, I, you asked me who, the questions. who are Ellen and mom? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I right. said, You're not the only one who had, who couldn't answer those. And yeah. I said, well, Julie's the, the mom and Ellen's no no wait Ellen's the mom and Julie (laughs) (laughs) but you let me in anyway (laughs) we're not super hard and fast on uh right answers to those questions but it is kind of amusing to us to see some of the answers sometimes um yeah yeah, the funny thing about that whole Penny Reed like uh contest was that because it was really when we were like super hardcore into the Turkish shows and so we were very active on the the Erkenshi Kush uh, subgroup. And um, and were so, you like, doing the live watches? 
I was. Ellen was. Yeah. I was. Um, yeah. So there were a few that I was on there and I was oh, in Dubai you? and my husband was sitting next to me and I was like, Hey, if you translate for me, I will be so cool. <laughs> uh, okay. Like, then I you probably... have to help me <laughs> translate. And then he was like watching and, and he was into it. Like, remember the episode where she was like in that beautiful dress and yes. he grabs her hand yes. Oh, yes. and yes. like take off. And he was watching it with me and he was into it at that point. He was like, <laughs> he was invested. Cause he used to, he used to watch some of the dramas that I couldn't actually understand. So if they didn't have subtitles, I couldn't really follow. And even though I'm studying Turkish, I'm trying to get better at it, but yeah, he was translating and, and trying to translate. But then he was like, you know, the average Turkish guy is not built like this. <laughs> what and I was like what they're not jealous yeah, I'm sorry um but if you even look at this guy John Yaman like in his previous shows he's not built yeah like this no is he's not that, he like really no. got built up for that show um but but it was funny because on that contest where um where everybody was like, I don't know who Ellen is. Like, it was all the Turkish uh, show friends all who the were EK like, people who were- we know who they are. They're great. Yes. <laughs> and I was so like, tell who the EK like, people Thanks, were. EK friends. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, yeah, and I actually missed their trip to Turkey by like a few oh, weeks. No. I moved oh. from Dubai to Turkey and they were here. They were in Istanbul. And then I came within two or three weeks. I know, and my husband couldn't believe it. He's like, there's a bunch of people that you met through what? The internet? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's crazy. It's I'm crazy like, yeah, well. they're here. I need to, I need to meet. And Nara was here for a year and we couldn't yeah. meet. We had so uh, many misconnections because of COVID and stuff. Um, but Nara was here in Turkey for a year. So we also had miss because Nara. Nara was supposed to come to um, KissCon with us in Chicago in april of 2020 and then and got canceled then that got canceled and that was really tragic for us um ruthie what what is a book you would like to see us do on the show one of my zombie books <laughs> okay okay put it on there yeah let's we'll, we'll put it on the next poll they, and- they, they but they're series so there's three and three mm. so probably anyway or the jamie bennett one because i just think that you know, you have an author and I don't know what she's doing. I don't know how she's publishing so many books. And I guess she's self-publishing, but she has this really little tiny Facebook group. And I, I just think that her books are really solid and slow burn. Um, but there's just zero following. Maybe she's got a publisher or maybe she just doesn't, you know, try to really promote. She just writes for writing. I don't know. sake. So. For writing's sake, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so once again, I didn't answer your question directly, but just continued talking, talking, talking. So cut me off anytime. <laughs> no, I love everything. Um, okay, well, that's all the questions that um, I have for you. Um, and we can let you get on with your day and you can let us go to bed. Um, and, you know, you'll enjoy your mm-hmm. Sunday and, bed. <laughs> and we'll enjoy our, our slumber. Um, but Ruthie, we have loved having you on the Enjoy show. Enjoy your sleep. And then ultimately <laughs> your free Sunday. See? Yeah. yeah that's so thank free. Thank you so much. It says connection unstable again. That's Yeah. How- thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. I'm so happy to finally have met you guys. Likewise. And I'll keep listening. 
Oh, we're so excited. Excellent. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts and Ruthie's thoughts on Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom. Or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On March 28th, we are so excited because we will be chatting about the second season of Bridgerton. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. We got some watching to do. We do. Uh, thanks, Mom. And more importantly, thanks, thanks Ruthie. Thanks, Ruthie. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.